Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. It is Memorial Day. A day of remembrance, a day of honor, a day to remember what makes this country great, and hopefully what's going to make it great is sanity taking over and these nonsensical lockdowns coming to an end everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Said it right off the top of the show. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Although we're apart these days, I'm tired of reading that because hopefully that is not going to be applicable for very much longer. We are sharing more. Geico sharing more, too, with the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. This is the Outkick the Coverage radio program on this Memorial Day in 2020. Clay Travis out today and tomorrow. I'm in, along with Jeff Schwartz, who played in the NFL for eight years. He will be joining us here momentarily. The crew out in Los Angeles in full effect. DG's got some time off as well. WR Bros here with me in the music city where we're doing this from. You can find me on Twitter at jmartradio. You can reach this program, and we will take your phone calls over the next three hours and over the next two days at 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Nine. We've got some interesting news, to say the least, about the NBA. And we've got plenty of football stories. We've got an interesting story about Michigan and the Big Ten and how it seems like their approach to what's going to happen in the fall with college football vastly different than what you're hearing from the SEC, for example. Jeff is with us now. But before we get into some of the meat of this, we need to have a little bit of fun here, and I think that was what was accomplished yesterday with the match. And even if it's not like the top story, because it's a unique kind of once-in-a-lifetime once kind of event, even though now maybe, based on the reception, you might see it happen again to some degree. They raised a ton of money, but I think the key here, Jeff, is that even though we seem to be getting to the tail end of this craziness and this nonsense, we are still dealing with a difficult year um you know there have been some big time deaths there have been some you know fires in australia for example you've got COVID 19 you've got the economy coming crashing down over 38 million unemployed you got all of this so then you bring out four guys that 
just have some fun. And you have a broadcast with TNT, with Brian Anderson, and certainly with Charles Barkley and Justin Thomas, who did a very nice job as well. They just went out there and did this upright. Like, this was fun. And I think that it gave me even more hope for a point that I made on Fox Sports Radio on my show yesterday about Tom Brady's documentary and how I think people are slamming this prematurely and maybe need to slow their roll a little bit because this Tom Brady seemed to, even though he's an uber competitor, he's still with a lot of smiles, having a lot of fun, maybe not mugging the same way that Peyton Manning would, but this guy seems to be out of the bubble. I, I, I The argument that I didn't understand, Jeff, about the documentary is that this is going to be dull because Tom Brady's never said anything. I said, yeah, well... That changed when he went on Howard Stern. Yes. And he talked for two hours about everything and showed a level of vulnerability and humility and just humanity that you had not seen from him publicly. And it seems to me like this dude is too smart since his production company is associated with it that he's going to do nine hours if he has nothing to say. This sounds to me like... He has a lot to say, and he understands that there's a benefit to him finally being in a position where he doesn't have to play this Patriot Way game anymore. Maybe he actually has a lot that he wants to show people out of this, and I think yesterday was a good step in... I don't think you would have seen Tom Brady do this five years ago, for example. Well, good morning. Glad to be here with you, as usual. Uh, Thank you to all the listeners tuning in. Um, I I 100% am with you that I don't think he does this while he's a Patriot, for sure. I mean, even if he's on the Patriots this year, I don't think he does an event like this. Um, The Howard Stern interview, I've listened to clips. I haven't listened to the whole two hours. But yes, he was more open than he's ever been. And Howard Stern does, obviously, a fantastic job of pulling people into into saying things they might not want to say regularly and obviously there's you know Tom Brady's very calculated so he has a plan on how he's going to attack the Howard Stern interview but even then I think he, he said some things that he wasn't quite sure but the reason why I'm looking forward to to the documentary is th- there really is a lot of mystery surrounding the Patriots and and Bill Belichick, right? They they want you to feel this way about the team. There's mystery, there's intrigue, how they do things, um, you know, how 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 do players respond? And there's also, there's Spygate, there's Deflategate, there's other little things that happened while Brady was there that I hope he gets into. If he does not discuss... Deflategate, especially Spygate, not really on him, but but Deflategate. If he doesn't discuss that, I'll be disappointed. If he doesn't discuss the last four or five years when it seemed like there was some animosity between him and and Belichick and Robert Kraft, I'll be disappointed. If he doesn't discuss basically getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, which is all the reports, I'll be disappointed. So I wonder how much he gets into those things where Jordan pretty much did. Right, Jordan talked about the gambling. You know, you may or may not believe his pizza uh, uh, flu gate story, but he talked about it at least. Uh, they were, him and Tim Grover were on the same page. I, I, the more I think about that, the more I think it's ridiculous. Uh, that that so I don't think anyone poisoned his pizza, but it just seems like there was probably he was probably gambling in Wendover, Utah, which is the rumor. Than he was actually eating a pizza and throwing up. Um, but you know. We, we got truth from Jordan. I, I think with Brady, there's these certain things he's got to hit and be, you know, it's obviously going to be his production company. So it's going to make him look good, but he's got to speak at least honestly about those topics. I think to make this really worth us sitting down and watching for nine hours. I just, you know, and we'll get more, we can get more into the documentary. I just, I feel like Tom Brady, it's not that he necessarily wants to be this guy all the time, but he's had to be buttoned up. Because that's just the way it's done there. You just don't have... It's not that you haven't had personalities there you've wanted to hear from and personalities that have wanted to get out and say stuff. It's just not the way it's done. Now that he's out of there, he can go to Tampa Bay and if he wants to be in the limelight a little bit more or if he wants to show more of his personality or if he wants to expand that vulnerability or absolutely talk about Spygate, talk about Deflategate, talk about these things then that's absolutely fine. Now, what you've heard so far is, you know, the nine Super Bowl appearances, you know, nine hours, they're going to devote yeah. all the time to that. Now, nobody cares to see them win nine Super Bowls again, I don't think. This is different than the last dance, not in that Tom Brady and Michael Jordan are absolutely synonymous in terms of team sport athletes that have had ultimate success on the greatest stage in terms of how many championships that they've won and how driven they seem to be yeah. to continually win them, even though the numbers that they've already won are 
you know, astronomical. So there's there's something to be said there, but Jordan was pretty much universally beloved and honored through for an entire generation worth of people that are now old enough to be able to consume this and want to hear these stories and really be able to understand everything that maybe they saw. I mean, I watched Jordan's entire career as a kid and a teenager, and now I can go back and I remember all this stuff, and that's absolutely fantastic. When you think about Brady, though, I think it's just... A lot of people are down on this just because he's not beloved outside, at least as a Patriot, and maybe that's about to soften, but he was not beloved when he was in New England because you were either a Patriots fan or you wanted to see him lose, and you watched to see <laughs> yeah. them lose, and the ratings dictated that you wanted to see them lose. But that it's not like Jordan and Brady are the same guy, even if they are wired a lot of the same way. I think that's one of the big things. It's just people hate the Patriots. They still hate the Patriots. So the idea of watching a nine-hour documentary about that isn't quite the same as watching the Jordan-era Bulls and hearing stories of something that was... Look, nostalgia always feels better, especially way down the line. And it's been so long that it was just fun to jump into the Wayback Machine for 20 years and see what happened here. Yes, some of the nostalgia stuff got a little a little aggressive on social media mm-hmm. with, with the Jordan doc. Look, it was obviously a fantastic doc, but I didn't think it was either anywhere close to the best sports doc I've ever seen. No, that um, would be the O.J. Simpson documentary. And I understand people made the made the um, comment that that's more of a true crime doc, which is fair, fair enough. It still was like fifteen times better than Jordan. I thought there were some thirty for thirties. I didn't watch the Lance last uh, one last night, but yeah. just like the two Escobars. I mean, it was a story that like I didn't know existed. And it was told fantastically, and I learned maybe more in that two hours I did about Jordan in in ten episodes. So I just think we got way over the top of the nostalgia. It was fantastic. I I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it was I, like I said, it was great. But we got over the top. I think with Brady, um, you're right that people don't like him, but people will, will watch us out of spite, right? And they'll look for for instances to, to bash Tom Brady. Um, even yesterday, when you watch Tom and Peyton Manning, you know. Tom is is the guy who you can even tell he was a little uncomfortable to start. He didn't play very well, obviously. Right. And his mouth, he kept his mouth kind of quiet. And then when things were going well, obviously, we got more personality from him. And so I'm curious to see in the doc what we get from him as far as personality. Because obviously he has it. But you know, he only kind of showed it yesterday when things were going well. Peyton Manning the entire time was roasting him. Bad, good, indifferent. Like Manning, Manning feels more comfortable in his skin, I think Brady, I'm interested to see how much he opens up and, and gives his personality. Because one thing I do appreciate about Jordan in the doc is that Jordan did not care what we thought about him. He no. was going to be who, who he was to his core. He had plenty of opportunities, Jason, to apologize for anything, for for, yes. for, get, for getting on Scott on Scotty Burrell, for punching Kerr, for you know, for riding his teammates, for anything, for gambling, for anything, for golfing before you know, before um, you know, contests, for for knocking Jerry Krause for fifteen years, for mocking his height. He had all those opportunities to say, "Look." I shouldn't have been that guy. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have. And he's like, nah, that's just who I am. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm competitive. I push people. So I wonder how Brady will, cause I, I, cause I don't see Brady as the personality who is, that's why the Howard Stern thing was interesting because I think he did open up. It's like someone who kind of naturally is going to exude like confidence and, be very talkative and informative in this setting. I'm curious to see how he does it, but I could see it being very, um, you know, very. I think PR. there's intrigue like, in that. Well, yeah, I hope not. Like, it does not need to feel like a victory lap. I think that's what Frank Schwab of Yahoo said. People feared this is going to be a victory lap because some believed that's what the last dance was for Michael uh, Jordan. I, I looked at it differently. I, I, I just don't think the last dance was a documentary. I think that's where Ken Burns was wrong. Where he was like, this is not journalism. Well, I mean, he was right to say that because, right, it wasn't journalism. This was a story. And it came from, it definitely came from a perspective, but it involved almost all of the parties that you would have wanted to hear from. But the main thing was Jordan's production company was tied into it. So it probably wasn't going to be as negative. It's like, would you, you're you either going to have one extreme or the other. You're either going to have one that's going to paint a little bit more of a rosy portrait yeah. of Jordan, or you're going to get a hit piece. 
It's coming from an agenda either way. Every documentary or every story in some way, if it's based on truth, is coming from the agenda of the person telling that story. In this case, I wanted to hear from Jordan because a lot of this stuff I hadn't heard from his mouth before. I wanted to hear what he was thinking when he was going through various things and all of this. And maybe the same thing is going to be true of Tom Brady. I do worry about the trend of long-form series like this where the subject, the key central figure in this entire series is also behind the production as well. Because that that does call into question the legitimacy or just how how much... I would rather there be a balance here, but I can understand this as well. I just think Tom Brady and the people around him are too smart to put him out there for a nine-hour documentary if he doesn't have anything to say and it's going to harm his legacy and he's going to end up boring. Because just as I've always said about Netflix, all these series, many of the Netflix originals did themselves not favors by thinking we have to go 12 episodes an hour long every one. When you don't, the key of Netflix is you can make your own rules. You can say, you know what, this season... We got nine really good episodes, I think. One of them needs to be, or half of them probably need to be around 45 minutes. The other half, we can get closer to an hour, and let's make the finale an hour five. But actually, episode three, 37 minutes, but let's make it really good. You can make your own rules. It's not like Brady had to do nine hours. Like, right. if he doesn't have nine hours of content, why in the world would you put somebody out there that's not going to be entertaining for nine hours? I, I just feel like. I feel like this is going to end up being good for Tom Brady because people are going to go into it feeling like they want to hate it, and then Brady's going to say (laughs) some stuff, and it's going to be way more newsworthy than The Last Dance just because Brady's the guy that's never said anything outside of that Stern interview. I mean, the most noteworthy thing that he's ever said are things he didn't say, like having a MAGA hat in his locker room. You know, during the 2016 election run up. Like, that's the kind of stuff Brady had. There's so much untapped stuff here. That to me is why this could be entertaining. But I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends who who dislike him. Like my my radio uh, my my podcast producer is like a Jets fan. He despises Tom Brady. I don't think there's anything that Tom can say or do in this new doc where he will say, you know what. I kind of like the guy a little bit. Like I, I think there are people out there that dis that that just dislike Tom in a way where nothing he's going to say or do will make them change their minds, or will you know, and they will pick apart everything that he does in this doc. Unlike Jordan, we're pretty much beloved, right? Where anything that Jordan did, and you know, obviously we got word that it might be a there might be some some um, episodes that don't look great for him and turn out obviously to be the opposite because we learned that his basically PR people put that out. Um, uh, that I think I think that's true. I, I think that that there are some people that will just not like it because they just don't like Tom Brady, and um, that's that's the risk of doing this, but they're going to watch anyways, which is all that in the end, I think Brady's people care about. Yeah. And look, I don't know that Brady feels like he needs to be beloved anyway. I think all of us have some level of a desire that we do want people to see us in good lights. But I mean, Brady, there's, there's a real weird thing out there in our culture where we seem to care more about the opinions of those that hate us going in. Like, like if you do, if you don't like me, if you don't like what I believe, if you don't like what I stand for, whatever like that, then I can't really care that much about it long term because maybe that's not going to change. Especially if you look like in the political arena, if you disagree with me politically, then I probably shouldn't care whether or not you agree with me politically. It's the same thing as that quote that I've mentioned. I think when we have actually hosted this show before, which is why in the world would you take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from? So as long as Tom Brady is just true to himself, I'm going to watch this. Like I just I have a hard time believing it's going to be dull. I just don't know why you would do a 9-hour documentary if you actually yeah. felt like you weren't going to be able to make this compelling. I, I feel like it's going to be compelling. Although going into Spygate and Deflategate, <laughs> e- I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. The the last thing on this is I I just I do wonder if he does walk a fine line between, you know, because obviously he has as much love for Robert Kraft and, and Bill Belichick and how much he's willing to really go into behind the scenes information about about the franchise while Belichick is still there. Right. Um, I could see this definitely being something where he reveals 
intimate details about preparation for the Super Bowl for each year. You know, obviously talking about. I don't think we ever heard him talk about the the losses to Foles and to Eli Manning, which Peyton Manning yesterday did a great job of making sure that he knew about. Yeah, and yeah. like I, I like Jordan has no. He doesn't care if he throws anyone under the bus. His legacy set. He's won the championships. He's fifty plus years old. He has his Jordan brand. Like that's like he's set right. He's now an owner of a franchise. Tom's still playing, and. I feel like Tom is much closer to Belichick and Brady, I mean, uh, uh, Belichick and Kraft than Jordan was with Jerry Krause, obviously, and Reinsdorf. And so I do wonder how much Brady's going to have to walk that line between like, hey, look, I still want to come back to to Gillette and come back to Boston. And I'm still very friendly, I would imagine, with Robert Kraft. Uh, Now, Belichick, I'm not quite sure. I think Belichick is going to root for him to succeed in Tampa. But that, while he's still playing... It's going to be tough, I think, to get complete, honest answers and transparency in some of these things because he doesn't want to, and rightfully so, throw people that he likes and cares for in a franchise under the bus. Yeah, well, it's also just the idea that, I mean, Garoppolo's still playing. What's he going to say there? They're both still in the same league at the same time. It's the same argument of John Gruden never saying anything negative about anybody the entire time he was on Monday Night Football because he, he desperately not. wanted to get back into the NFL. Like he, he, he didn't want to burn any bridges. Uh, he didn't want to say anything. He wanted to end up back on the sidelines, which is exactly what has happened. So I think I have one more take about the doc. When we come back, we'll talk about that and then we'll shift into a little bit more of the match, bring in the crew, see what they thought if they watched, which a lot of us certainly did yesterday. The entertainment value certainly off the charts thank goodness the rain decided to go away at one point you're just like how 2020 is it that this event that's been set up and everybody is really interested in just sitting down and enjoying this uh here's a rain delay and at one point it was like hey i don't know when they're gonna get this thing started but luckily it only lasted about 45 minutes this is outkick the coverage with clay travis Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back. Outkick the coverage. Fox Sports Radio. Jason Martin, Jeff Schwartz in for Clay. He's back on Wednesday. We're in for the next two mornings. Hope you enjoy this Memorial Day. We were talking during the break, Jeff. Uh, humid down there in Charlotte where you are. Humid where I am here today. I told you I'm going for a run as soon as the show's over because by 10 a.m. it's supposed to be 86 and feel like 91, which means by 10 a.m. Uh, I'm going to be in the cut. Trying to finish National Treasure Two Book of Se- <laughs> Book of Secrets on Disney Plus. <laughs> yesterday we were outside about eight thirty in the morning playing with the kids, and dude, it was it was. I looked up the the humidity at eight, 8 a.m. was like ninety two percent, and the dew point was I think sixty eight degrees. Which <laughs> we and, had it um, seventy three yesterday here. Oh, the dew it, point, it, nasty. It, and, and this is, I know this is something very specific to, to me, and I know no one's going to feel sorry for me, but my neighbors have had a 150-year-old oak tree in their yard, and it shaded our driveway, especially in the morning. I mean, this thing was giant, right? Well, it fell down on Thursday or mm. Wednesday night. I forget when it was. So our... We are now our new our new sun dynamic in our yard is much different now, and it was beating down yesterday. So we, we I don't know how we were... Do we... I don't know, it's, I, I'm not gonna. I, I can't really put a, another oak in my neighbor's yard, but I kind of want to do it. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is gonna unfold. This dude, Jason, this thing is huge. It measured at over 125 feet, and they're they have to take it out with a crane. It's inc- it's it's man. Um, it's yeah. You got but, Pan's Labyrinth next to you down there in Charlotte right now, dude. This thing is this thing is huge. Um, so yeah, it was hot, but look, I, I the, the hot though. At least this weekend, you know, feels like feels like you know we're getting towards the summer right which i I, it's very hot obviously where where we both live and to me that always means that we're getting close to football um and so i'll I'll have a little bit of heat um and uh, yeah my son though thinks it's the first day of summer and he just he refuses to be um corrected on that so uh because i think my my nanny told him it's the first it's unofficial day of summer is today and so now he just he just thinks it's official and he just argues we argue nonstop but alex it's June 21st, but no, it's today. I'm telling you. I'm like, okay, buddy, we're not arguing with a five-year-old about this. It's it's whatever. He's obsessed that today's the first day of summer. So I want to make one more point real quick about the documentary, and then we'll talk about the match. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that Brady's doing this before his career comes to an end. And we talked about the potential limitations of content that come with while you're still in the league. There's certain things you won't say that maybe you will otherwise. The one thing I would want to hear him talk about outside the obvious things you mentioned in the first segment would be just how true was that Seth Wickersham article 
that came out a few years ago. And what's he willing to say about some of the stories that were mentioned there about the relationship between Kraft and certainly with Belichick and him and the Garoppolo story and all of that. And I don't know how much of that you get. But the other thing I was thinking about was all this is going to do is reinforce to everybody, not that we need it, but Tom Brady can't become more famous in terms of a football player and all this kind of stuff. All this is going to do is reinforce that he's the quarterback of the New England Patriots. It's not going to do anything about where he's currently at. It's not going to do anything but remind us of what Tom Brady always will be. Yeah, we know Michael Jordan played for the Wizards. You know how much time was spent in the last dance? I don't even think the Wizards were mentioned once. Like, not even just a passing mention. I don't think they were at all either. So this is Brady... While he is playing for the Buccaneers, doing nine hours about his time winning with the Patriots. And I, I personally don't believe the Bucs are going to win a Super Bowl with him as quarterback. Not because they can't. I just, it's hard to win a Super it doesn't, it doesn't Bowl. And there's work. a lot it of really never, good like, teams. In the NFL, though, it doesn't work out that way where like you can create the quote-unquote dream team. I mean, yeah, in exactly. the NBA, it does. But the NFL, for some reason, like doing what the Bucs are doing, and I agree with you that I, I – I think they have a good chance to win. I don't know if they will win, but it doesn't often happen like it's supposed to in the NFL, right? Like, I mean, last year, the Chiefs, and, and they'll admit to you, they kind of got a lot of breaks, right? They, they, you know, the Week 17 Dolphins win, you know, the, the Ravens losing the title. Like they, they got a couple things to go their way. The NFL is just weird like that. And so yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's people assume the Bucks are going to win, but I think it's going to be tougher than they think. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be demonstrably better. I mean, no question about that. And they will be they will be heard from. I just think ultimately it's really hard to win in this league, especially when you look at the talent at the quarterback spot. I mean, Jeff, there's only two Lamar Jacksons out there. There's Lamar Jackson Ugh. and the bigger Lamar Jackson, Taysom Hill. I, I, I'm i spending this on my podcast today. Jeff, we're just smarter than you. We're spending time on this. I think. I haven't got the rundown yet. But I, we, we talked about this weekend. Um, I do not understand. I, I, I cannot remember another player in any sport that's talked about with such reverence as Taysom Hill is. Taysom Hill is a 30-year-old utility player who played 22% of his team snaps last year. He passed the ball in his career 13 times, all right? Last year, when Drew Brees got injured, they put in Teddy Bridgewater. And in that period of time, in five games, Taysom Hill attempted one pass. Now, you can make the argument, and this is a valid one, and I, no one's made this except except me. It's kind of a a um, you know a devil's advocate. Hey, well, I'm glad you find out that you're... I'm, I'm glad that you believe your argument is valid. No, that's, no, no, That's a good no, start. No, 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 no. This, this, this exact point I'm going to make. Okay. Everyone else, everyone will say, yeah, he didn't, you know, he didn't play very much when Teddy Bridgewater went out. And I'll just say that, that I could see the Saints saying, hey, look, he actually is the backup quarterback now. We can't get him hurt, so we can't play him very much when Bridgewater's in the game. Like, that's actually valid. And I know mm-hmm. people have said he didn't play very much, and that could be why. But nonetheless, again, they he, they brought in Jameis Winston to be the backup. Like, he's not even Absolutely. the backup quarterback. Now they can and actually so, use him in riskier yeah. situations because so, they can afford to right. do so. So I don't understand why we talk about him like this. I never, I just don't get it. It's such a weird phenomenon. We want him to be something he's not. And I, you know, I, I don't think these were Jay Glazer's words. I think, I think the Saints told him this. But the Saints are project, are, are, and I don't get why they're doing this. I don't get why they're, that it's so meaningful to them to keep putting out this information about how good Taysom Hill is. Like nobody cares. Are they trying to create value uh, for a move, or this? This to me reeks of the insecurity that they know he's not. Like I, I don't know why you say, you don't have to. Me thinks thou doth protest too much. Like there's no reason to continually tell us how great Taysom Hill is. Right. Let him be your secret weapon and just roll him out there and win games. Like you don't we you don't need to spend ad space for billboards all across the country to tell us how great Taysom Hill is. That's the same thing as Michael Jordan spending an entire documentary trying to remind us how great he is. Like, we needed it. Like, I'm glad he did it because I'm glad it's there, but I think it does belie a little bit of insecurity in Jordan that he still needs us to know it. Well, Jordan definitely does. Um, I don't, again, I don't get the Saints motivation for it. Yeah, Jordan, dude, he is – This is that's just who he is, man. Um, and again, I don't really – I think I, I appreciate the – the non-apologies and just kind of believing uh, me who too. he is and going with it. But yeah, that's the Texan Hill thing, man. I just, that's never going to die. It doesn't matter how long he plays. He'll be 37 years old and he'll have completely he'll have th- attempted 17 passes in his life. And people will talk about him like he's Steve Young. It's ridiculous.
I mean, the, the quote that we were referencing, whether or not it was Glazer's quote or he got it from the Saints and put it in this uh, mailbag article, mailbag, was yeah. no smokescreen. He's the guy. Sean Payton loves him. I think Sean was always hoping to unleash him on the league without anyone seeing him before. But now we've seen it with Lamar Jackson. He's a bigger Lamar Jackson. One, no. Two, no. Like, I don't, I don't, and the other thing, I, the, the part about this quote that stands out to me is I think Sean was always hoping to unleash him on the league without anyone seeing him before. Well, they never shut up about him. So, how in the world can you unleash him when we've heard? It's like you've hyped up the movie for six months and then you want it to sneak out because you put it out a week before whatever's on the poster. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You should use him as a secret weapon. Do all that stuff, but you don't need to continually yeah. run this down our throats about how great he is. But you know, but people, one, he's not. People already, two, he's not. You know, people already have weapons like Taysom Hill on their team. Like it's not like it's not like this is something that we've never seen in the NFL before. Right? Oh, hey, look, someone's coming into the game who is a quarterback that can do multiple things. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Like it's not new to the NFL. Right? There was a clip last week floating around Twitter of Ronnie Brown and the Dolphins running the Wildcat in 2008. Like it's not. This is not new to the NFL. It's not. It's so like it's. Yeah, he he's a he's a gadget player for you. He's very valuable in the special teams, which he is, and you know, and sparingly on offense. But it's not new. And I the, the trouble I always have with with these situations, and even I think Troy Aikman even mentioned this during the telecast when the Saints played the Vikings in, in the in the wild card round. Um, he said. I don't like taking the, the ball to Drew Brees' hands on third down. Now, Taysom Hill completed a 50-yard pass on that play, but his, his sentiment is right. Like I don't like, if I was running a team, I don't think I'd like to have the ball out of Drew Brees' hand in important situations and give it to someone else. Yes. We don't see that happen on other teams. You know, are the Chiefs taking the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands on third down? They've done it like once and put Travis Kelsey in the backfield against the Pacers, and he scored a touchdown. Like They, they do it. Every now and then, maybe once or twice, but never on a big third down. Do the Patriots ever take the ball out of Tom Brady's hand? Never. So I don't get like the idea of taking the ball out of your quarterback's hand to give it to someone else who is just not as talented. But I, it's worked sort of for them. Um, I, I just I don't get the fascination with Taysom Hill. It, it, it just it's it's mind blowing to me, man. Yeah, uh, I mean it's, it's, sometimes you can accuse I think Sean Payton of just overthinking stuff. Like I think he wants everybody to think he's the smartest yeah. guy in the room, and Taysom Hill gives him the opportunity to play around and try to play mad genius, which sometimes works out and sometimes ends up blowing up your laboratory. Yeah. Um, do we have Brian Finley? Is that who's in the update studio today? I'm saying that yeah. because if we did, all right, B. Hey, all right, hey. so so I talked to you about the red versus blue shows thing on my on the Jason Martin show a few weeks ago sure. about the stuff that you use for your escapes. Okay, and you're in here and you're talking about adjectives, <laughs> and Jeff hasn't heard this, so I wanted to bring it out right now. Like you know, you watch The Office, Jeff, with your wife yes. for an escape and things like that. Brian, what is it that you get down with when you just need to escape into something purely entertaining, something that you can always just rewatch and have on in the background of your life? Just having the Saving Private Ryan scene when you're <laughs> heading to the beach. Wait, is this a joke? No. His escape wait, 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 wait. is Saving Private Ryan. And what's the other one, Brian? What's the what's oh, the most opposite thing you could possibly have from Saving Private Ryan? Lego movie. There I, it is. I enjoy the Lego movies. Lego Saving wait, Private so, Ryan so like, would be so his like, dream film. Yes. So like, like when we settle down for bed and my wife is a little anxious, yeah. she has some anxiety, <laughs> and like it's you know it's like she's working in the morning or something, yeah. and there's a big day at work, and I'm like, okay, babe, let's watch The Office. It's 25 minutes. You know, you just can do, you don't have to think, right? Just mindless sure. humor. You can watch it. You're in the office. So in your situation, you would put on Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yes. And you put the and you would put the beach scene on. Not like I don't even know when you would put on like a scene that was like not as violent as that. Yeah. Well, see, this explains Um, maybe the end where he, but then Tom Hanks died. No, 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 Jeff. There's no place where you put on Saving Private Ryan (laughs) as an escape. But I, but I said this explains where Finley's like dark adjectives and vocabulary come from that he does in his sports updates. If my man is sitting at home escaping on a regular basis to Saving Private Ryan. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be so, top 50 all-time grossing movies. Jeff looked on Wikipedia during the break, said he's seen 23 of those 50 films. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I, I don't know. Because a lot of movies have made, or, or there are, are a handful of movies that made a ton of money that aren't any good. I mean, like, like I haven't seen the new Lion King movie that's seventh. I mean, like, I, I've seen the original, which is actually down here at the bottom at 49, which is pretty incredible that they're on the same list. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, some of these I've seen, like I said, I, 
I just I'm not like you know the Harry Potter thing has never been my thing. I, I've you know mm. Star Wars. Like it's just some of the stuff I just never been interested in. Okay, the so so during the second hour we were going through this list of the top fifty from fifty to one in terms of money made on opening weekend Memorial Day weekend releases this year. Not like any other year, of course, but always a huge. It's kind of the start of the summer movie season, so a lot of big time films have come out. We have gone through 41 of them, yes. and Jeff has seen 13 and a half right now. I had said I thought he would have seen 17 to 20. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> Number So let's finish up the list. Number nine in 2004, the day after tomorrow. My guess is you did see this. Yeah, I've seen it. It's been on, it's been on so much on TV and stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. Number eight, 1997, the sequel to Jurassic Park, The Lost World, made $90.1 million. I I think maybe you didn't see this, but I'll, I'll say you did. I, I have not. I've seen the original Jurassic Park, and I've seen the Chris Pratt Jurassic Parks. I haven't seen the ones in between. Okay, gotcha. Number seven, Solo, A Star Wars Story in 2018, made $103 million. Wasn't very good. I would say you did not watch that. You'd be very accurate on that, yes. Number I've six, al- I already know you have seen. It was the second Hangover film because you said you saw all three of them. I did see all three of them. This one, not very good. No. Um, yeah, I just, the, the Star Wars thing, man, it's like never, like, I, I, everyone tells me I should watch them. I just haven't. I've seen the first, I told you, it's in the original three, four, five, and six, but I haven't, everyone's, they're good, right? I should watch them? I mean, one, two, and three, you can take or leave some of them. I, I just, I didn't like The Phantom Menace, but the other two were both just fine. Uh, in terms of the new ones, Force Awakens was great. Last Jedi is not very beloved at all, and I thought The Rise of Skywalker was average at best. I didn't give it too high a mark. So you've seen the ones that you absolutely have to see. I think you need to watch The Mandalorian if you have Disney Plus because that was a fantastic show that was better than anything not named The Force Awakens that has come out since probably Return of the Jedi. Um, I'll take a, I'll take a peek at that. I have a long list of things to watch. Ooh, I got to prioritize some of this. Yeah, well, I need to get you a list together. Number five, 2014 X Men: Days of Future Past. No way you saw that. That would be correct. Number four, Fast and Furious Six. I love this franchise. Once it once it changed really at Fast Five and became like Ocean's Eleven with cars and more increasingly ludicrous by the film, it just got better and better. Uh, but I bet you didn't see the sixth Fast and Furious film. I don't think I've seen any Fast and Furious after the original. Well, then you haven't seen it when it got good. Not that the first film was awful, but it's way different than people. People assume things about that franchise and have not seen it and don't realize how much fun those those movies actually are. Oh, I have to watch more movies. Okay, I have a long list of things to uh, movies to watch that I don't have time to watch, but I'll get All on right. it. Number three, 2006 X-Men The Last Stand, No Way. Uh... I, I don't think I've seen this. No. Third X-Men film, it was terrible. Number two, I know you haven't seen because now you realize that this, I think, is what you're actually going to start watching pretty soon. This was the 2008 reboot, not reboot, but fourth film in the Indiana Jones series, the one I told you I'd rather get COVID-19 than watch again, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that'd be a no for me. And number one, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, the third film... 2007 the last one i saw because after i saw this the thing was so long and bloated i was just like okay we're done here made 139.8 million dollars you've already given up the ghost on this one because you saw all of the pirates films you said so you saw this i have seen it but i i couldn't tell you after like the first one or two what the plots were for any of them like i don't i've seen all of them but like to your point kind of long and like boring convoluted like i just yeah. I, like i don't really like i i've seen them but i couldn't tell you the plot of of which one was like two or the, i mean which one was like the third or the fourth or the fifth one there's like five of them right yeah I, the I first two you, were good i, I like the first you, two i couldn't tell you which ones were which but i know i've seen them which is a great way to describe maybe the last three movies of the series yeah so the list of 50 concludes and jeff hits 16 and a half of those 50 films, leaving 33 and a half that he has not seen, including the likes of Back to the Future 3, which is 
problematic to me. One. I've never seen the first yeah, one. Yeah, you didn't even need to admit to that one. Like that needs to really be at the first. Like I said, that's a perfect script. That's that's that shouldn't be allowed in a free society. Like you should have freedom, <laughs> but you should not have the freedom not to watch Back to the to Future. Skip, to skip Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I'll get on it as best I oh. can. So tell me, you know, we, we kind of beat around the bush, but we ended up talking more about the Tom Brady documentary than anything else. What was your general feeling about the match yesterday? I, I just felt like it was a fun escape that worked for what it needed to be once they got on the course for a myriad of different reasons, but mainly it just it wasn't a bunch of guys taking things too seriously, but there was enough competitiveness that I enjoyed it more than, say, the Pro Bowl. Um, I, I think it was authentic which um i think was important right now right we like we had authentic um uh, emotional reactions to what was happening we had the trash talking obviously which was fantastic we had you know i really i really enjoyed like phil mickelson the intimate details explaining what shots he was doing and doing the exact thing that he said he was going to do which was pretty um incredible we had two hall of fame quarterbacks jason who we've seen in big moments of their careers have no problem stepping up and making plays. And they get on the golf course like all of us do. Get the first tee box. Do you golf at all, Jason? Golf is something I absolutely love. It's not something that I can do. I just I haven't been successful at it yeah. in the past. I'm actually planning on taking well, I may not be able to do it this summer because of the restrictions, the nonsense that's going on in the country. But I oh, would say at some point well, I mean, taking lessons is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, Not just yeah, getting out there by myself. I mean, okay. I actually it's want like instruction to do yeah. it right. You know, it's like all of us. So, like, the first – I haven't played golf in quite a while because with my, with my back I don't play as much as I should. But, you know, like, you get up to the first tee and you're like, man, I'm going to smash this ball, right? I'm, I'm going to start off my, my round the way I want to go. And, of course, it never goes that way, right? You you, you get too emotional. You freak out, you you swing the you swing too fast or whatever it is, and you just whiff. Right, the ball goes left or right. That's exact same thing. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning did. They're on national television. They played in Super Bowls. They played in big. They played each other. Right. They played a national. Peyton Manning hosted SNL. Right. Like he's done yes. big important things where the camera is on him, and the camera was on both these guys who we've never seen really have moments of weakness like this. And they, they shank both their tee shots off the first tee. Like it's exactly what the normal golfer does, what the average weekend warrior who shows up at the golf course does. And that, to me, felt very relatable. I appreciated how relatable their games were. Now, Tom Brady holding out from 200 yards, that's not relatable to most of us. But yeah. it was fun to see them. And obviously, the, the competition at the end was really great because the first nine holes, you know, Tiger and Manning, Tiger played really, Tiger looked great, by the way, the entire day. But, you know, it wasn't really close. And, and Phil kind of inched back in, the, in that modified best ball format. Um, and so I just, I liked it. It was authentic. And I liked that I was able from three yesterday Eastern to about eight o'clock, just watch live sports and be part of the community on social media. I, I know that you're not big into social media as, as, as I am now, but just like we didn't have, we didn't have politics talk on social media. We didn't have any talk about the coronavirus for five hours. It just was like everyone was back watching a sporting event together. And yes, it wasn't a, major sporting event but it was something and then they raised two, you know 20 million dollars plus um which was obviously very important so i i like and i like how they they brought in you know brooks kepka you know russell wilson 300,000 meals he donated in the yeah. span of of three golf shots um which i don't think they they had any idea was happening i don't think that the players on the course knew so that, i just i just liked it it was fun to to have an escape for a little bit of from reality it felt yeah, well, it, it was an escape from reality, but at the same time, it felt very real in the human ways that you mentioned. But also, like you're saying, the guys donating money and making bets on what's going to happen and stuff like that. That's the kind of thing you expect to see on a Saturday afternoon at your local muni. Yeah. You know, with four or five dudes pounding some natty lights or whatever like that and just <laughs> going through the golf course. Like, this is. Nobody wanted to see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning go out there and light up a golf course. They wanted to see the golf course light up Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. One of the reasons I've always loved the U.S. Open, it's my right there with the Masters, is my favorite two events in really all of sports to just sit down and watch, is because it humanizes even the pros. It's the one time that they look like us. They look like the regular person. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are so elite 
in what they generally do for a living. And Peyton Manning has proven to be you know, great in all of the things that he's tried to do since leaving, and people are still trying to get him into the broadcast booth. We don't know what Tom Brady's second act is going to look like because he's not ready to give up his first act, as we're going to see him as a quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we know is this was not surprising that they weren't great on the golf course. But that's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see how they would react. We knew they were going to be competitive about this. But I, you know, I think you mentioned about how it got competitive in the end. This reminded me of the good version of the NBA All-Star Game, where it's all fun and games and showboating around and all sorts of stuff for two and a half, three quarters. And then you actually they end up going there and playing some defense and trying to win the game. Like It's not going to be remembered as some great all-time competition, but that wasn't the point. The point was to be entertaining, to raise some money, and to do something out of the box. And this is, I think this bridges us a little bit to the discussion about what the NBA is going to do or not do and when and what their timetable is and all of this and what the NHL seems to be wanting to do with the 2014 playoff and, and all of that. This is an unprecedented time globally but certainly in the country regardless of where you fall on the issue whether you think the lockdowns were necessary for a short time were never necessary or should be happening right now and if you're one of those people i don't know how but when you really stop and think about it the more out of the box this is unique so i think you should be doing unique things because times are unlike anything we've ever seen before So when I was thinking about the NBA and what they could potentially try and do, Jeff, I said on the Jason Martin show yesterday here on FSR that this thing just needs to be a tournament. Like they need to, I I would expand the playoffs a little bit and create a bracket because the long time lament for non-hardcore hoop heads that watch the NBA is that the regular season doesn't mean anything because even if the Clippers and Lakers are playing in November, you know they're going to be playing in a longer series later in the year, so why do I care what they're doing in the regular season? This gives you an opportunity, if you're the NBA, to just cancel culture the regular season, basically. Come back and put everybody into this tournament, seated based on what they've already done. But what I don't understand is... you Well... Not that I don't understand it. I just don't understand the idea that some people think you can just start this season again. It's going to have been, based on what we're hearing, the end of July, it's been four months, Jeff. Like, this ain't the same year. Like, I think you got to give that up and say, that goes with an asterisk in the books where you're just like, this season ended on March the 11th, which is when the last game was played, when the season was officially canceled due to the COVID-19 2020 pandemic and the hysteria and everything else that went around that and you can go through and you can tell that as part of the history this is an opportunity to do something different and so if you create a tournament atmosphere that still ends in crowning a champion i just think we'd be down for it like if you if you did this and expanded it out a little bit uh you could do whatever you want to do in terms of bringing the league back but if you don't want to watch the regular season, then now you have the opportunity not to even worry about that, to move into the playoffs. And I'm not saying you put all the teams in. Yeah. I'm just saying maybe add another round and maybe even do two out of three. And then I think the fascinating point about this, Jeff, is we don't know how any of these teams are going to look coming off this much time off. And we especially right. don't know how like a LeBron James at his age is going to be able to is he going to be able to turn on the Jets immediately? Is it going to take him some time? Is it teams that have cohesion that haven't had nearly as much turnover where guys have been playing together for a handful of years? Are they going to have the advantage? Or do we have the chance for parity in the NBA in terms of upsets that you generally don't get in the playoffs just because of the strangeness of everything that's happening? Well, there's there's lots to get to uh, in, in what you said. I, I have a couple of questions before we get to the, the kind of the individual uh, co- you know comments at the end. So it would be a tournament. So you would wipe out. You basically like the regular season had no champion. Like the twenty, you know, the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season does not have a champion. We're going to do this alternate tournament to end our season. Is that is the winner of that considered the NBA champion? Or is it like a separate title no. they've won? I think you'd still give the trophy out, and you could okay. call them the champion. It's I mean, you can't just do something. Complete. I just think that 
you don't come back and play games like you're trying to seed. I think you whatever's what has happened now has been the prologue to look. We've seen the more tournaments they've added to March Madness, or the more spots that they've added when they've gone from 32 to 64 to 68. People are still watching it and they love it. You do water it down, and I've always been a proponent that look if you're not one of the 68 best teams, you have like if you're sitting on the bubble, that's on you. Like you should be able to do more than that, or you're probably not going to win a championship either way. But people love tournaments. They love brackets. They love all Correct. of this. And when the NBA postseason comes around, people love playoff basketball. Yeah. So just go ahead and marry us to that. Bring us back. If you're going to come back in the end of July, which sounds crazy to me, that's going to take that long, but we can get more into that. But just do it. Do it that way to where everybody cares from day one as opposed to trying to play a couple of weeks of the regular season or whatever. I don't know how you shake the rust off. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just let it start because everybody has to shake off the same kind of rust because nobody's played in four months. Well, I don't think you could start anything like that right away. I think you'd have to bring back the teams and sort of get into some sort of scrimmage situation or playing five to six games to kind of get your legs back. I do believe that veterans like LeBron James will actually handle the situation better than than, than younger players. You know, LeBron probably doesn't need the ramp-up time that young players need to kind of get back in the flow of things. He's done this for so long now, and this time off has been very helpful for his legs and for his body. And he could probably ramp this thing up quickly. He he has trainers. He's been working out. You know, some of these young players don't have the opportunity to go to the gym or have their personal gym at their house, I would imagine, have their trainers, have their boys come over and work out. I think LeBron will be fine in this situation, but it is a matter of for just the, I think Jason, the safety of the players and their health, not 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 health not related to the to, to coronavirus, but just right. their bodies you have to have some sort of acclimation period where you where you run sort of full speed for five games, six games, however long you want to say. Because if you just bring back a playoff right away and you say, hey, Lakers are playing the Kings. I don't, I don't know whether that's actual fact, factual with where they're seated. You know, and it's going to guys are going to get hurt going full speed game one without having some any sort of ramp up period. Yeah, no, I agree with, I mean, you have to, they have to, it has to be a safe situation. I, I would say five games, maybe max. And then that gives some of the lower seeds a chance to potentially make it into my version of something expanded. I think 24 is possible, but maybe maybe you don't expand it and you leave it at 8 and 8. I, I don't know. I just think the faster you can yeah. get to a bracket situation, the better. Especially if you're going to come back at the end of July, because if you're coming back at the end of July, if you're the NBA, you're about to run into an awful problem known as the NFL and college football. Yeah, We want to see all of this, but football's going to have our attention like it always does when it comes back. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be that are going to be in the media um, very surprised when. You know Thursday night football and it's Chiefs Texans goes up against you know the NBA and the ratings Kills difference it. in those games and you know you know you know a Thursday night football last year I looked it up Thursday night football averaged about fifteen and a half million per per night and Thursday night football typically are not the best matchups right and the NBA finals last year average if you can, you include the Canadian audience which obviously the Raptors were part of it and won last year was 20 million that's for the NBA finals this is a random Thursday night football game and the amount of people that watch the NFL is is so enormous i don't think the NBA realizes what they're up against and so i just don't you know the ramp up period i get it but i don't know why it's still 60 days away i i, I you know we have College campuses for athletes are opening up like this. What's today? June 25th. Like they're open up next week. If, if college kids can go back and start training at their facilities, and it's going to be a, a period where, you know, they bring the kids back safely and slowly and test them and whatnot. Why can't NBA players get back, you know, go to Orlando and start the process of getting ready Next week, like, why is there such? And I know there's some negotiation with money, and I, and that's fair. We talked about that last week on the baseball side, but it feels like they're just dragging this thing out. Where college football is like, and I know they're not playing for for three more months, but they're like, all right, we'll just come back and start working out. Why can't the NBA do that sooner? Bring guys to Orlando, start working out, and getting ready for this season. All right, so we'll take a break and we'll come back and we will continue down this very pathway because I think you made some adept points there. 
and I want to talk about how important it is to strike when you're the only game in town and how the NHL seems to be doing exactly what I would be doing if I was the NHL in this situation. And and we'll go into more of the details of why it looks like it's going to take so long to get basketball back, what Brian Windhorst and Ramona Shelburne and folks like that have written about. It sounds like it's going to take a monumental effort to make this thing work, which maybe we haven't thought all of this through, but it seems like it's forever. If they're saying basketball is not coming back until the end of July, folks, that's two months from now. That seems crazy, at least to us. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.